should know this one, the ones who went to Fuge.
I could sing these songs as I often do but every song must end and you never do so I throw up my hands and praise you again and again Cause all that I have is a hallelujah Hallelujah And I know it's not much But I've nothing else fit for a king Except for a heart singing hallelujah, hallelujah. I've got one response, I've got just one move, with my arms stretched wide. I will worship you so I throw up my hands and praise you again and again cause all that I have is a hallelujah hallelujah and I know it's not much but I've nothing else fit for a king Except for a heart singing hallelujah, hallelujah. So come on my soul, don't you get shy on me, lift up your song. Cause you've got a lion inside of those lungs. Get up and praise the Lord Come on my soul Oh, don't you get shy on me Lift up your song Cause you've got a lion inside of those lungs Get up and praise the Lord Oh, come on my soul Oh, don't you get shy on me, lift up your song Cause you've got a lion inside of those lungs Get up and praise the Lord So I throw up my hands and praise you again and again Cause all that I have is a hallelujah, hallelujah And I know it's not much, but I've nothing else fit for a king Except for a heart singing hallelujah,
my own. There you go, Joe. Joe. Thank you, Megan. Thank you, Keely and Kaylee. I don't sing. They said that when I sing, I sound like a sick water buffalo. So I try not to sing. I've always wanted to play the guitar. I just don't have the patience or the coordination to do that. I'm uh, not very good with all that. But uh, thank you for being here tonight. Uh, thank you, students. Thank you, parents, for being here tonight. Um, it's good to be here tonight. And uh, um, as we go to prayer time, I'd just like to ask, is there any prayer requests that we need to mention? I would like to say um, we want to pray for Aaron Whitmire. I think he goes to Charleston this Friday for a heart cath. Um, so hopefully get some good news out of that. Um, so pray for him. John Canardi is facing uh, knee surgery here in the next couple of weeks. So we we'll pray for John Canardi. Is there any others? Oh, Donna left me a prayer list here. Thank you, Donna. <clears throat> so Aaron Whitmire... Um, continue to, to pray for my mom and dad too. Uh, went by and see my dad this week. He's he's doing okay. Um, the best that he can be doing. So continue to pray for him. Um, George Jackson, let's continue to pray for George. Um, and I, I mentioned uh, John and Mary Canardi. Also pray for Pastor Mark as he's getting settled in at Blue Ridge View. Um, pray for him that the transition goes good. Pray for our church that our transition goes good as uh, Robert Dickard comes in this Sunday to start preaching for us. And then Sunday night we'll be at Eastside uh, Church for the 4th of July. And then on Tuesday night we start with VBS here in the church. So um, be in prayer for all of that. Uh, any others that need to be mentioned? Huh? Canaan. Canaan has tested positive for COVID. Thank you. Yes, Canaan, uh, pray for him. Um, any others? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you so much for uh, tonight. Thank you for bringing us to your house to, to worship you and to, to learn about you, Father. And God, I just pray that you would be with us tonight. I pray that you'd be with all the prayer requests that were mentioned. God, I pray for John Canardi as he faces his knee surgery. And uh, God, I pray for um, pray for Aaron Whitmire as he heads to Charleston. I pray for that family as a safe travel. And God, I just pray that you would be with him. And, and God, that he would have good results this Friday. And God, I pray that you'd bring him back safely. And God, I just pray for this church. God, I pray for, uh, for Robert Dicker as he comes in and, and starts uh, preaching for us for the month of July. And God, I pray this week put together a pulpit search committee and God as we find an interim God I just pray that you would lead the way and God I pray that we would be obedient to uh, to follow you Father God we love you and we thank you for us in Jesus precious and holy name we pray amen I want to uh has anybody raise your hand if anybody in here has ever heard of Ann Graham Graham Ann Graham Lotz does anybody know her Yes, Billy Graham's daughter. Um, she is the daughter of Billy and Ruth Graham. Uh, she is the she is a, a American evangelist. She uh, founded Angel Ministries, which sends out a devotion every day done by Ann. 
um, and she's wrote she's wrote eleven books, and one of her fo- most famous books is called "Just Give Me Jesus." And uh, tonight we're going to be watching an interview with her and her daughter together, and they're going to walk us through their spiritual walk as being the daughter of, of Billy Billy and Ruth Graham, and the the way that she came to know Christ as her Lord and Savior. Um, She's going to take us down that journey, and she's got some very good information for our students and how we can be successful in this lost and dying world that we live in, how we can be godly leaders in in this world that we we live in. And if you have your Bibles, I want to ask you, if you would, to turn to Philippians chapter 2. We're going to be in verses 12 through 15 tonight as we continue our study through Philippians with Brent Crow. Uh, these, these lessons, these, this series that we're doing is been all through Philippians. We're walking through the book of Philippians. And as Paul is in prison, he is speaking to his church at Philippi. And he is continuing to encourage them to be steadfast in the walk with Christ even while he is away, even as he is absent. And, and right here in chapter 2, he says this. He says, Therefore, my dear friends, just, have, just as you have always obeyed, so now not only in my presence, but even more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is working in you both to will and to work according to his good purposes. Do everything without grumbling and arguing, so that you may be blameless and pure, children of God who are faultless in a crooked and perverted generation, among whom you shine like stars in the world. Among whom you shine like stars in the world. And that's what we're going to be looking very close at tonight, is how do you shine like a star in this dark world? Coming back uh, from Infuge, or not coming back from Infuge, but last week at Infuge, um, this past week, we as a youth group, we had many opportunities to obey God's call for His purpose. And, and our students down in Mobile, Alabama, they were shining stars in that lost community down there. A lot of us went to a very dark place. A lot of us went to a place where There is not much Christ in that place. Christ is not shining through the town that we went through, that we went to. So our students had a very good opportunity right there to shine as stars. And as I reminded our students the last night of Infuge, I reminded them that that, what they saw in Mobile is not only in Mobile, Alabama. We had the same situations here in Liberty. And whatever we did in Mobile, Alabama, we should not leave in Mobile. But we should bring it back to this community. Because in this community, we have the same opportunities to shine like stars right here in Liberty. We have the same opportunity to shine like a star in Liberty High School or Liberty Middle School. Or wherever you may go, wherever... God has placed you, you have that same opportunity. But the question is, students, the question is this right here. Will you work out your own salvation 
to make a difference in this lost and dying world. And we're going to see right here in the video that Anne Graham Lotz talks about. She says, when we stand before God, listen to, listen to this right here. When we stand before God, we give an account for our own life, our life. We're not going to be able to take, take credit for what our parents did or what our grandparents did in their life. And in other words, guys, it does not matter that your mom and dad teach Sunday school. It does not matter that your dad was a deacon in the church or, or that your dad is a pastor or a youth pastor in the church. And as you'll see in this video, it doesn't even matter that your father is Billy Graham. That stuff does not get you into heaven. What gets you into heaven is what did you do with Jesus while you were here on this earth? What effect did you have on other people for Jesus while you were here on earth? <clears throat> We've been looking at how we can be successful in this lost and dying world. How we can be leaders in this world. And Anne says this right here. She makes a key point that I, that I wrote down. She says that the Bible never calls us to be successful. It never calls us to be successful. It causes it calls us to be faithful, to be faithful to his word, step by step in obedience with the Lord. So we're going to play this video, uh, this interview with, with Brent Crow and, and Ann Graham Lotz and her daughter. And I want you to pay attention to, to their walk with Christ. today from one of the great leaders of our time. She wouldn't call herself a leader. She's just trying to follow Jesus and be an example. None other than Miss Ann Graham Lotz, the daughter of Dr. Billy Graham. And she's going to sit down with us in this room in just a few minutes. And she's going to talk to us about life and leadership. And we're going to look at that text in Philippians about what it means to influence as a disciple and be I don't know, successful as a disciple, even though the word success for us as followers of Jesus is very countercultural. So let me read to you very quickly what the Apostle Paul said. He said, Therefore, my dear friends, just as you have always obeyed, so now, not only in my presence, but even more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who is working in you both to will and to work according to his good purpose. Do everything without grumbling and arguing so that you may be blameless and pure children of God who are faultless in a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine like stars in the world. I want to talk to you about how to shine like stars in the world, how to stand in stark contrast to the darkness that is this world that needs the light of Jesus. We're going to get a chance to sit down with Ann Graham Lotz and with Rachel Ruth, her daughter, and ask some pretty incredible questions. You're getting a backstage pass to one of the great influencers, authors, communicators of our time. Let's go see what they have to say. I was raised in a Christian home. Uh, 
was watching a film about Jesus when I was about nine years of age and felt convicted when it came to the scene of the cross. And in my bedroom up in my father's house, I got down on my knees and told God I was sorry for my sin. I believe Jesus died for me. I invited him to be my savior, to come into my heart. And I believe he did. On that day, I believe I was born again. And one of the things that impacted me immediately almost was that I, I wanted to read my Bible. And I, I loved God's Word. I was baptized right after that. But, but I wanted to get into God's Word. And that just began a love affair with God's Word that has stayed with me all of my life. At 16, I committed my life uh, to Jesus for service because I thought until that point that when I stood before him, I could tell him what my father had done or my grandfather or my mother, and I'd sort of take credit for, for what they had done. And then I realized when I stand before God, I'll stand alone. I give an account for my life. So I surrendered my life for service and just told him he could use me however he chose. And somebody told me about a lay Bible study, Bible study fellowship, and I wanted to be in it. Nobody would start it. it was We didn't have any classes this side of the Mississippi, I think it was. but. Um, but anyway, one thing led to another. I started the class so I could be in the class. We had immediately, you know, a capacity class. And um, I didn't know I could teach because I, my own children didn't listen to me. You know, I had never taught anything before in my life. But I just wanted to get back into God's Word because I believe that's where I would come back into that love relationship with Him. And so it's a journey, Brent. You know, it's, uh, and so that journey has taken me. I've uh, taught the class every day, every week for 12 years. I never missed a class. After that, I felt God leading me into an itinerant ministry. It's neat hearing Mom share, you know, just kind of what was going on in her life. And she talked about difficulties and how that was really what shaped her, God used in her life. And, and He really has done that in my life. And I remember when I was in ninth grade praying and just saying, Lord, there was that old commercial that was for trash bags. And it was like, hefty, hefty, whip, whip, whip. <laughs> and for some reason, I'm very visual, it just popped in my mind that I don't want to be a wimpy Christian. I wanted to be a strong Christian and like some of these Old Testament women and everything. And so I prayed that ninth grade not knowing what, <laughs> what was going to happen. And, um, and so I just prayed that God would make me strong. And what happened was just lots of difficulties and um and i live for the lord i love the lord from the time i came to christ when i was a little girl but then in high school um when i got there all of my friends decided not to walk with the lord and i was really left alone um through high school so kids were turning their backs on me and rolling their eyes and i never got invited anything never went on dates or anything like that and and it was really hard for me but during that time, the Lord just became my best friend. And so um, so that was the good that came out of it. And then college was great. And I, um, and I felt like that was when the Lord opened a couple doors for me to, to share um, with people. And uh, I went and worked in Rwanda for a summer um, after their genocide. I went with Samaritan's Purse, my Uncle Franklin called, and, and I had always wanted to go and, um, and worked over there. And that that impacted me a lot, just seeing the suffering and everything that they had gone through and how little they had and and they still had joy, you know, in the orphanages and everything. And um, and so I came back and, and the Lord just started kind of opening some doors for me. But through it all, God has been faithful to me and he has um, taught me and encouraged me, comforted me, convicted me. And I couldn't do a single thing I'm doing without the Lord. In fact, I really struggled through school. I wasn't 
one of those super smart kids. It, it was a struggle. I had to go out of Ritalin in college. I mean, I've got ADD. I was, it was just hard. And so I feel like I'm a living example of what God can do when he takes over your weaknesses. And, um, and he gives me the words. He gives me the ability to concentrate. And, and, um, and so he's my everything. I think the thing that's exciting is the kids that are living for the Lord, they are, they are choosing to live for the Lord, which means they're going to be probably left out, you know, not going to be invited to things, do all this stuff, but, but I think they're going to be so, more solid in their relationship with the Lord because they've really had to, there's not like a gray area, you know, and, um, and so I pray that there are, you know, more kids than I think there are in this generation that, um, that want that. So, and I think there is a hunger for truth, and I think some kids don't even know what that is, but they just know all this stuff that they're getting. This, you know, doesn't even make sense what's happening in our world. This doesn't seem right or feel right, and I think they, they want somebody to tell them the truth, and so that's exciting if we would just tell them. Stick with it. All the temptations, all the pressures, but if you stick with the decision, they stay focused on Jesus, to read your Bible, pray, be obedient to what you believe he's telling you to do, step out in faith when he calls you to do it, and you just serve him, then um, when you get to be my age, you can look back and know that you've made mistakes, but by and large, you've been going in the right direction, and there is a lot of blessing and a lot of fruit to be born, and when they will get to heaven and the Lord will tell these young people, well done, good and faithful service. The Bible never calls us to be successful. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. <laughs> it calls us to be faithful. That's right. So if we're faithful in our daily walk with the Lord, you know, when I walk with a friend, we have to walk in the same direction, we have to walk at the same pace, and we don't walk together. So when I walk with God, I walk in His direction. That means surrendering my will to Him. I don't have goals and plans and dreams and ambitions apart from Him. I, I surrender that to Him in step-by-step -step obedience so, so that I can walk with Him. I'm not walking at my pace, I walk at his pace, you know, and that means reading my Bible, applying it, living it out, and, and then he knows where we're going. He knows what he would have me do, and so success from a, um, you can be very successful in business, in athletics, in whatever profession you choose, and you can be an abject failure in the kingdom of heaven, and a failure as a person. So you have to decide, you know, who you want to be successful in whose eyes mm -hmm. and if it's God then you need to be faithful to him and if you're faithful in the end you'll be successful you know Jesus said let your light so shine uh, and and our light the our relationship with the Lord the way we live our lives should be in sharper contrast to the darkness around us so you talk about stars in the world that's where you find them because as the world gets darker our light is shining and um, and it's like putting a hole in the darkness. You know, we can't turn the whole world light, but we can put a hole in the darkness and make an impact where we are. And maybe somebody also see that and they'll be drawn to the light. Our purpose, Brent, is to bring God glory. We're to be to the praise of His glory. And His glory doesn't mean just a shining cloud, it means His character so that we're to be the praise of his character. So when other people look at Ann Lotz, they should see something of Jesus in me that makes them want to know him and, and draw them to him. So if you're a school teacher, then your aim 
is not to be a school teacher. Your aim is to show other people what Jesus would be like if he was a school teacher. If you're a doctor, then your aim is not just to be a good doctor, it's to show other people what Jesus could be like if he was a doctor. If you're a bus driver, your aim is not to be just a good bus driver, but to let other people see what Jesus would be like in that role. So, so everything we do, whatever profession you choose, is secondary to bringing God glory in that profession, letting other people see Jesus in you in that particular role. So, so that's being a star. And you don't have to try hard to be a star. You just let your light shine. That's who you are. We have to look at what our desires are. What is it that we're seeking in life? And, um, you know, I was thinking when my mom was answering that last question, just I've got my oldest daughter that wants to be a country music star, training to do that. My middle one wants to be a lawyer, an international lawyer. And then my youngest wants to be an architect. And so they're motivated in their different ways. You know, my oldest is more motivated in music and not schoolwork as much. And, you know, and um, because that's, that's kind of what their desire is. And, and so, so, but they also want to bring the Lord glory in it. So their whole purpose in doing those things is then to bring the Lord glory. And so I think you have to really evaluate what, what are those desires in your heart? Is it truly what you want or is it what the Lord wants in your life? And, um, and just let the Lord guide you, you know? And I think the more we study God's word and fall in love with Jesus, you know, when we see his character and, and when we make mistakes, you know, I love studying Abraham. I'm studying Abraham right now. And when he makes a mistake and then the Lord just gives him another opportunity to serve him right after that or to obey him and, and Abraham does it, you know, the Lord's not like, oh, I'm just so done with you. You know, you just keep making a mistake and forget it. And he doesn't do that. Like he loves him. He welcomes him back. He's, he's cheering for you. And so I think as whatever it is we do in life, we want to do it because we love Jesus. We're motivated because, through the love of Jesus in us. And, and I think if I didn't know the Lord, if, if, I, if I thought the Lord didn't love me, I don't think I'd be motivated in anything. I think I would just crash and burn. And, and so to know that the Lord loves you, I think that's going to motivate you to do, be the best, you know, country music, be the, you know, singer, or be the best lawyer, or, or whatever it is he has you do, because Jesus loves me. I can do this, you know? And so just let the love of Jesus motivate you and what he's gifted you in. The Bible never changes, and it's absolutely true from Genesis to Revelation. It says that God's word is forever settled in heaven. Jesus said not one jot or tittle. That means not one punctuation mark is going to pass away until all is fulfilled. You can trust it. It's a sure foundation. You can build your life on the word knowing that your life has a solid foundation, and everything around you can crumble, but you're not going to. And so to... Um, you know, you're one sure God in an unsure world. You read it, you study it, you love it, you live by it, and in it you'll find a verse for every occasion. And the Spirit, to me, whispers through the pages of my Bible, so that's where I hear God's voice. I would love to say to them, because I have three girls that are going through high school, you know, middle school, college, um, I, what I tell them is it's okay to be alone, that when you take a stand for the Lord and you are, you're not going to the parties, you're not drinking, you're not you know, using the foul language you're doing. You're not talking the way they do. I mean, the stuff these kids are talking about in school and everything, it's okay for you not to be a part of that. It's okay for you to 
to have to just drive home and not get asked out, you know, to do anything that weekend, as hard as it is, as difficult as that is, it's okay because you, what matters is you, just your relationship with the Lord. And, and there will be a time God's going to flood you with friends and bring you people around you. But, um, but I think I feel so badly for the middle school and high school kids because it has to be the hardest time in human history to be a middle schooler or a high schooler right now. And to be a believer, you are going to be left out. You are going to be a, a, a few. You know, there might just be a few of you. You might be the only one. But just stand strong. God will honor you. He will bless you. He's going to use that in your life to strengthen you. Don't compromise. Do not compromise and try and blend in with the world just to ease up, you know, your pain right now. I mean, just just stay strong and watch what God will do in your life. Thank you. Thank you for giving us a little bit of your time today and inviting us into your beautiful offices here in Raleigh, North Carolina. <laughs> You're so welcome, Brent. Just the Lord bless you and all that you're doing, and all the young people that will be participating, that the, the Holy Spirit himself would quicken their hearts and draw them to Jesus and uh, keep them focused the rest of their lives. And he's coming. Jesus is coming soon, so you want to be ready. Amen. And what a great note to end yeah. on. Thank you. Have you ever met someone so wounded that hope and happiness is more like a fairy tale than a reality? Maybe you've been there before yourself, or maybe you're there right now, or maybe you know someone who lives in this type of place where they have no hope that they seem like everything is lost in their life. They're living in a world of pain that is broken by this world. This world today is broken, students. It is completely broken. And as you see, all throughout this world, this world is trying to cram everything that goes against God's Word down your throat everything this is a true story that Brent Crow wrote about an experience with a young boy that he had and it's, it's a true story he said I once, met, I once met such a person while speaking at a student camp one evening after worship service everyone was outside looking at the stars the reason hundreds of people were staring in the sky was because on that night Two planets in our solar system were clearly visible. I think it was Jupiter and Venus, but I don't know. Don't hold me to that. I'm not a professional astronomer. In fact, if people had not pointed out which glowing dots in the sky were planets, I wouldn't have known the difference. Everyone was looking up except for this one person. This seventh grader was just standing quietly in a sea of people fascinated with the beauty of the night sky. While everyone else was looking up, he was looking down. One of his group leaders noticed and asked him why he wasn't looking up at the sky. He responded, I don't look at stars anymore. They just make me sad. 
The two step aside, stepped aside and had a conversation. His mom and dad had divorced a couple of years earlier, and his dad had settled in with his new family just a few miles down the road from his old family. One of the favorite activities this young, boy, this young man had was enjoying uh, with his dad was stargazing. In fact, his dad had purchased a telescope for them to look through and discover galaxies in the solar system. But once the dust settled from the, from the divorce, his dad came around less and less. Then one day, the dad just stopped coming around to see his son altogether. Ever since then, the telescope has just sat in the corner of his room, a reminder of the dad he used to have who now lives less than 15 minutes down the road, but he seems like he's worlds apart. It was a tough conversation. It involved a tough story, and it involved some tears. Eventually, through the love of an attentive group leader, shining brighter than the stars and the planet in the sky that night, this broken boy heard some words of hope. The Apostle Paul was actually aware of just how messed up and how broken our world is. He, he, the Apostle Paul, you think back in the Apostle Paul's life, what was the Apostle Paul known for doing? Persecuting Christians. He was an enemy of the Christian people. He would go out and he would seek out the followers of Jesus and he would imprison them. He was an enemy uh, of, of the gospel. He was an enemy of Jesus. And that's, right, that's why he wrote, For it is God who is working in you both to will and to work according to his good purposes. Do everything, listen students, do everything without grumbling, without arguing, so that you may be blameless and pure. Children of God who are faultless in a crooked and perverted generation among whom you will shine like stars in this world by holding firm to the world of life. A disciple of Jesus who wants to encourage and influence the world shines like a star in this dark world. God can accomplish His purpose through you when you allow Him to work through you. And God's ultimate goal is that we all would become children of light. By walking in the marvelous light of Jesus. Just like in John 8, 12, where Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Anyone who follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. When Paul wrote about these shining stars in the world, he was describing a disciple's influence. Stars exist in the night sky. They illuminate the, the darkness and they, and they capture our attention and they cause us to look up. How many of you students, how many of you walk out at night and look up at the stars? I remember there was one time when we were down at Fripp Island um, at night one time with the counts and we all went down to the beach at night. Remember this, Jennifer? And we all just laid out there on the beach and we looked up at the stars. And if you've never seen the stars without the city lights around, you will be amazed how many stars there are and how bright they are and how beautiful they are. The stars, they have one task and that task is to shine bright, to cause people to look up. And we as disciples of Jesus, 
we have that same job to do. We are to capture people's attention. We are to shine bright and we are to cause people to look up to Jesus as our Lord and Savior. We are to live a faithful life to the Lord under any and all circumstances. We are to shine so bright in this world that people who know us are attracted to us. And they desire to have that same joy and that same peace that we have. We are to be, as a disciple of Jesus, we are to be people who stand apart from the world. We are to be set apart from the world. We're not to follow in with this world and jump in the same boat and row along with this world. We're to be different. We're to be set apart. And I think that is what is so wrong with this culture today is that everybody just wants to fit in. I just want to do what all my friends are doing. I want to jump in that boat and I want to row down the, down the lake with them. I don't want to be apart. I don't want to stand alone. That's not being a disciple of Jesus. That's not being a Christian when we're following along with the world. In order to shine like stars, we must also, listen Collins kids, we are also to do everything without grumbling and without arguing. Hard to do, isn't it? And that's not, what, that's not what Daddy Stoney says. That's what God says right here. He is telling us to do everything without grumbling, without arguing. And unfortunately, in our world today, most people think that shining like a star is actually coming out on top of arguments. It's actually, uh, uh, it's whether in a personal or online inter interaction, those labeled winners are often the ones who grumble the most or argue the most. Those are the ones in our culture that are usually labeled the winners. You ever heard the old slogan, the greasy wheel gets the grease? Squeaky wheel gets the grease? That's the truth. That's the way it is in this world today. Whoever is the loudest, whoever is the most argumentative, they're usually the ones who win. But God tells us, don't argue. Don't grumble. How is it possible today to shine in this world without going down that road of personal insults, grumbling, shouting matches? You want to see Christians? You want to see Christians arguing a lot? Just get on Facebook. You'll see it. You'll see them arguing with one another all the time. Jesus has given us a life, and He has given us the Holy Spirit that is working in us. And through the Holy Spirit, we have everything we need in order to eliminate every dark place in this world every dark place that is broken by sin the Holy Spirit has given us everything necessary to shine like a star in Acts 1.8 it says but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you and you will be my witness in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria and to the ends of the earth now, 
let me clear something up you God is not just talking about you doing it in those three places he is saying to do it to the ends of the earth that means right here in liberty he has placed you this is your Jerusalem right here this is where God has called you to do his work he has called you into Liberty High School Liberty uh, Middle School wherever you work or wherever your neighborhood is that's where he has called you to do his work as a disciple of Jesus success means eliminating this world this world's darkness by accomplishing God's good purposes this is a countercultural definition of success why is it well what do we see when we think about successful people what is it that we see we see that they have a personal brand we see that that they accumulate a lot of possessions we see that they have some kind of big title or something today they have a famous TV reality show right those are successful people. Those are people that all of our students and all of our young people are looking up to. But that's not the success that God calls us to. As a matter of fact, you heard, you heard right here on the video that God never calls us to success in the Bible, does He? He calls us to be faithful. He calls us to be obedient to His Word. Success is doing God's will in your life. It's not doing our will. It's not taking the path that we want to take. It's taking the path that God wants us to take. And a lot of times when you do that, students, it's going to cost something. It's going to cost something. It's going to cost maybe you being alone for a period of time. Maybe you having to disconnect from your friends who might be dragging you down that that, that wrong road it might, be, it might mean that you might have to give up some things in order to be godly leaders in this world it means for you to be you and to allow God to work through you don't try to be anybody different than what God made you to be be you how can a person live out this countercultural approach to success if they already have a lot of possessions or a big title? Go back to Philippians chapter 2, verses 13 and 15. We shine like, star, like shining stars in the world when God works in us, no matter where we're at, and motivates us to the, the kind of influence that accomplishes His purpose through us. It is God who is working in you both to will and to work according to His good purposes. We live in an ethically according uh, to the good work that Jesus has done in us. Do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may be blameless and pure children of God. We give people hope because of the message that gave us life faultless in a crooked and perverted generation among who you shine like stars in this world by holding firm to the word of, to the word of life 
We have, an, we have the responsibility to apply our salvation to every part of our lives. Every part of our lives. As we do, God works in us. He works through us so that we can shine like stars in this world. This is the type of influence that Paul wanted for the disciples at Philippi. And, and this is the type of leadership that God is still desiring for his sons and his daughters to practice today. Next week, we have VBS, where a lot of our students are going to be participating with these young boys and girls who come in here for VBS. It's an opportunity for you to shine like a star. It's an opportunity for you to mentor these little ones and show them what a godly life looks like and to show them the blessings that God can bring in their life. You did that with Mission Week when you went around this community. You shine like a star in this dark world. You did that down in Mobile, Alabama. It's a sad reality that we live in a world where a middle schooler won't even look up at the stars because his broken heart is too heavy. Thank God for group leaders who, who are sensitive enough to realize the pain that was far heavier than any seventh grader should ever have to carry. A leader who was motivated by Jesus to be transparent, to be authentic to this student. On, summer, on a summer evening when hundreds of people were looking up at the brightest stars shining on the ground, it was, out, it was actually countercultural understanding of success. But it was the kind of influence that pleases the, hearts of, the heart of God. I challenged you at the end of last week, and I even challenged you this Sunday, to surrender to God. Surrender means that it's going to cost you something. Surrender means that you're going to have to give up some things in your life. But Jesus is worthy of it. He's worthy of it. We talked Sunday night up there in the fireside room. If you remember, we talked about everything that Jesus Christ went through on the cross for your sins everything that he went through all the pain that he went through for you isn't Jesus worthy of it isn't Jesus worthy of us spending time in prayer with him having a close relationship with him coming to church being a part of the church Serving in the church. I was so tickled Sunday night. Listen, Suits, I was so tickled Sunday night because I had two people pull me to the side. And I can't brag on this kid enough, and I told him this, J.J. and Eliza. And they said, you know what? We want to start serving in this youth. We want to start helping in this youth. We want to be a part of the leadership in this youth. I even told Mark at Infuge, I said, I can't brag on J.J. enough. I mean, he is a great young leader in our youth group. He's a great young leader in our church. That's what God is calling us to do. He's not calling us just to come in here and to be pew fillers 
on Sunday morning, Sunday night, or Wednesday night, even if you do come those three times, which is very rare for people, even if you do, he's not calling us just to do that. He's calling us to serve in the church, to be leaders in the church. That's what we need, guys. We, this world desperately needs young people to be godly leaders. And I challenge you guys to step up. To step up and to shine like bright stars in this lost and dying world. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you so much, God. God, you are a sovereign God. You are an awesome God. You are an almighty God. You are the great I am. And God, it's just it's such a blessing to be able to, to come to you through prayer. It's such a blessing to be able to read your word, to study your word, and allow you to speak to us through your word, Father. God, I pray for our students. God, I love our students. And God, I know there's so much potential right there in our students. God, you could take these students that we have in our youth group and you can change liberty with these students. God, I pray that you, that you touch their hearts, Father. I pray that you speak to them. And God, I pray that, that they allow you to work through them, Father. God, I pray that they draw closer to you. God, that they study your word. That they allow you to speak through them, Father. God, we pray for our youth. We pray for our children. God, we pray for VBS as it's coming up on us fast. And God, I just pray that as all these um, young boys and all these young girls come into, into this church for VBS, God, I pray that the Holy Spirit would meet with us here, Father. I pray, God, that you would speak to these young children. God, I pray that, God, if there's any, if there's any of them that come in here that is not accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. God, I pray that this would be the place that, that they meet Jesus. That Jesus changes their lives, Father. God, we love you. We thank you. And God, I pray for everyone on our prayer list. God, I pray that you would be there with those needs. I pray for our church, God. God, most of all, we thank you for salvation. Thank you for Jesus. For dying on the cross for our sins. For forgiveness, Father that we so desperately need. For it's in Jesus' precious and holy name we pray. Amen. Thank you, guys. We will see you back Sunday morning.